Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Vieson. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, and it's really cool because I got my first special up on the Bet Rivers app. We've got the Nuggets in action tonight against the Clippers. You see the line, the live line as I broadcast right now is eight. So Nuggets minus eight. Here's the special at plus 125. I like this. I bet it. Jokic to be the leading scorer in the game. And he can't tie. He has to be the leading scorer in the game. Plus, you get the line from eight to Nuggets minus six and a half at plus 125. A little juicy here. You like that, huh? So, the special on Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app. Click on specials. It's that little dollar sign with a circle around it. Uh, you can go there. And it's Nuggets minus six and a half. So, an alt line and Jokic to be the leading scorer in the game. Kind of cool. Nate Kreckman, who just did some play-by-play for the Nuggets, he was filling in. He's going to join me in a few minutes. My buddy Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado going to join me as well. We're going to talk some Avs. We're going to talk some Nuggets. We're going to talk some Broncos. Want to talk some Nuggets real quick, though, off the top. Maybe not that quick, okay? There's a little bit to get to. Plus, New Mexico and Colorado State are going to give you some notes on that one. But the Nuggets trade, okay, it goes down. Bull Bull, P.J. Dozier, and a 2028 second-round pick. Like, are they even going to remember that? So they get the combo guard, Brim Forms. I like this deal. Six-year NBA vet, four years in San Antonio. I remember him quite a bit from that playoff series a couple years ago that went seven. Um, and, and listen, I think you make this deal because you think you have a shot to make it in the playoffs. Like, you go out and you get Brim Forbes, and not that they gave up too much. You, you like Dozier, but... Bull Bull they didn't want. Guy's getting high all the time. He's not listening. He, he's a mess. He is. It's going to take a lot to turn that kid uh, into a productive basketball player just because of some of the things off the court. Um, P.J. Dozier, like him. But you get a veteran with an expiring contract and you bring him in here to help the bench. Hmm, that tells me that they think either Porter is coming back soon or maybe Porter and Murray and if they gel at the right time, they make a run in the playoffs. That, that to me, is a big, big signal here. Uh, he averaged 19, point, or 19 minutes per game for the Bucks last year during their championship run. Uh, he got some big-time playing time uh, through the playoffs, I think through about game four. Uh, and here, I think he immediately becomes the best shooter off the bench. And I think he's going to take playing time away from Austin Rivers, which is a very good thing. Um, the Denver's wings... True shooting percentage in the low 500s, Forbes shooting percentage, 572. So an upgrade from true shooting percentage. Um, They also needed a three-point shooter. This guy shot 41% throughout his career. He scores in transition. Now, defensively, probably a liability. He's only 6'2", so he's undersized for that shooting guard position. Uh, But again, I like this move. And really more than anything else, I love the message that it sends. Okay, Nuggets Clippers, again, you got Holden's Denver CityCast special. But right now, we got a couple things going on. We got a total at 213, and we got a side at eight points. So the Clippers, if you'll remember, this game was, what, about eight days ago? They battled back from that 25-point deficit. Both teams had no business shooting. They were just awful. Both teams are awful. Uh, The Joker had 21-13-8. By the way, he's got back-to-back triple-doubles. Uh, Barton is going to return to this matchup after missing the last meeting. 
I mean, Denver and L.A. split the two matchups earlier this year. Both games stayed under the total. They averaged 187 points per game. Clippers averaging just 103 points per game without Paul George. Uh, I, I think you can live bet this game if you'd like to. If you want to get that alt line at six and a half, I mean, you kind of go back and forth here. Who's going to outscore Jokic tonight? I guess there's a couple of guys on both sides, but... For the most part, I feel pretty confident in Jokic getting those points. Um, a couple other notes here. In the last 15 games, the Nuggets defense has actually gotten a lot better. They are 11th in the league um, in defensive rating at 108.4. That's pretty good. Total's gone under in six of the last seven games between these two teams. Does that matter? Not too much because it goes back to last year. But a lot of the same pieces are in place. There's no Kawhi, though. No Paul George tonight for the Clippers either. The total has gone under in four of the last five games for the Clippers. They are struggling to score, and I think that's something you take into effect here. Uh, also, Clippers, I mean, Batum had 32 and 139, 133-point win over Indiana. Are they going to get that again for Batum? Likely not. I mean, Jokic defensively also has just taken leaps and bounds. Uh, Clippers 27th in the league in offensive efficiency. So if you want a show play for me, and I'm going to give you the show play right now, under 213, minus 113 that I saw at Bet Rivers when I got it this morning. Under 213 is my play there. Uh, next, again, a lot of college basketball we'll be doing. New Mexico at Colorado State. Now, this game is going to be a pass for me. It's going to be a pass, but I do want to give you some background in case you were thinking about betting this. Uh, first of all, Rams minus 16. The total is 153.5 at Bet Rivers. The Rams are 4-9 and nine to the over, so they have struggled getting over that number. New Mexico, 12-3-1 against the spread. This is a bad New Mexico team. The Lobos are they're, they're a bad team. I'm just going to say that, and this is the time with New Mexico and Air Force coming up that the Rams just need to beat up on these really bad teams. Uh, New Mexico's defense, horrible, 332nd out of 358 Division I programs in scoring defense. Ugh, they don't rebound either. Rams are scoring almost 79 points per game, 34th in the nation. They're 20th in Kempom, adjusted offense. Uh, they don't play that well or that fast, though. The adjusted tempo is just 183. Um... Lobos, again, defensively, 257th, 15th in adjusted tempo, so they actually do play a little bit faster, but it's a team that's 7-10, and 0-4 in the conference. They've lost four in a row. They are led. If you're a little bit older, and you remember a guy by the name of Jamal Mashburn, played at Kentucky, played in the NBA, guess what? His kid, Jamal Mashburn Jr., transferred from Minnesota, and Mash Jr. is averaging 18 points per game. So here we go. Here's the final thoughts on this one. The Rams' defense, they're only giving up 65.9 points per game. They're averaging 79 points per game. The under is 7-0 in the last seven Ram games. So I would have a lean toward the under and a lean toward CSU covering that 16. I'm going to pass ultimately. I don't have the conviction, though, to say I'm going to bet this or to tell you to bet this as well so we're going to go under on the nuggets game we're going to go pass on new mexico at colorado state we do have colorado in action tomorrow and northern colorado is in action tomorrow so we'll see if we can find a college bet there nate crackman altitude 92.5 called some nuggets games over the past week it'll be cool to talk to him about that about the broncos coaching search the nfl playoffs and a whole lot more crackman joining kushner next on the denver city cast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert.
the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN, the sports betting network, on the air in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. All right, welcome back to the Denver CityCast. It's holding with VEASAN. It is the Denver CityCast presented by Bent Rivers and Nate Kreckman. Oh, I've been looking forward to talking to Nate. We didn't talk to Nate last week. He was a little bit busy. My friend, congratulations. I mean, there's not too many people that get to call an NBA game or multiple NBA games. You did. I'm happy for you. Tell me all about it. Tell us all about your experience. Yeah, I ended up getting to call four NBA games last week. Um, four? Four. I got to do four. So what happened was um, at, the, at the start of the pandemic, my boss called me and said, look, um, everyone's probably going to get this weird thing at some point. And so we need to have, uh, you know, backups, relief pitchers, got to be prepared, got to have a bullpen. And so should something happen uh, with either our basketball or our hockey announcers, and, you know, my boss knows how, yeah, I, have a, I have a play-by-play background. He said, are you available to step in? And I said, yes, absolutely, on basketball, on hockey, you don't want me doing that, okay? I, I, <laughs> I told him, look, I respect the listeners and the fans enough, and if I'm calling hockey, nobody's going to have any idea what's going on. Uh, so he said, fair enough, but I was, yeah, I was the backup for the Nuggets, and then uh, Jason Kosminski, the, the voice of the Nuggets, um, last week was on the road in Los Angeles. And as a part of the traveling party with the team, he found out that he was entering health and safety protocols. He tested positive for COVID-19 um, and he was in LA and suddenly, uh, you know, he couldn't do the game. I basically found out uh, the the afternoon before, hey, we're going to need you to do this game tomorrow and, and um, most likely at least Thursday against Portland. And then we'll see after that. So, you know, I scrambled. I got ready for the for the Clipper game. We did that last week. That was the game, if everyone remembers, unfortunately, the Nuggets blew a 25-point third-quarter lead and lost on the road at L.A. Just an awful collapse. And I called that game with my buddy Chris Dempsey on color, and we did that uh, from Altitude Television. They have, a, they have a booth set up for remote broadcasting that was a part of, you know, pandemic life. And so they set that up and, you know, it, it was the first basketball game I've ever called in my life when I wasn't in the arena calling the game. So that was weird, but the setup was really nice. Um, and, you know, we, we made, I made the adjustment and boom, we called the game and uh, the results stunk, but it was still super fun to get to do. And then uh, Thursday against uh, Portland, and I should note through all of this, uh, Jason Kosminski, Kos, voice of the Nuggets, he was fine. He was feeling fine. He had basically mild symptoms for one day. Okay. Um, but then after that, he's just, you know, he's in protocol bureaucracy after that and, and trying to follow NBA rules as a part of their traveling uh, party and, and taking tests every single day. He and Nuggets assistant Popeye Jones and a couple of other members of the traveling party, they all entered protocols at the same time. So, and, and he was in Los Angeles, actually. The funny part of the whole thing was that he was quarantined in a five-star hotel in Beverly Hills. <laughs> so, Why don't you give it out so the next time they're playing the Clippers, we all know where to go to hang out with Jokic. Exactly. No, so, so this is amazing. So you, you call it, you call the road game from home. I, what was it like calling a home game from home? So oh, were the were the, were, were either one of your kids watching or listening or whatever they were doing? I mean, what happened there? So so this is wild. So Thursday against uh, last Thursday against Portland was a TNT game, and when a game is on TNT, there is yeah. no local television broadcast. Right. If it's on ESPN, um, you know the the local broadcast still still operates, but on TNT, that's national rights for the NBA, so no local broadcast. So. The, the usual broadcast position where Chris Marlowe and Scott Hastings call the games on Altitude Television, um, that opens up because they don't have a broadcast, so radio gets to go courtside. Um, normally, radio calls from Section 260 inside Ball Arena, which is up on the second level, which I'll get to that in a moment here. Um, but the Thursday night game against Portland, I did the game from courtside. So I was standing directly behind Michael Malone, um, the, the entire game, and he had no problem just standing directly in front of me and impeding my view of the court quite often. 
uh, I wasn't allowed to tap him on the shoulder and be like, coach, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, referees and Michael Malone and assorted, you know, guys going to, uh, going to check into the game or or standing in your way, but whatever your broadcast or it's your job, you do it. Um, and it it was cool holding, like being, being down there courtside, you're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 15 feet away from the huddle every single time out. I'm listening to Malone. Uh, and, and what he's telling his guys. I'm watching the players interact with one another, which is just fascinating from that up close. Um, they, they got the chalk, which they set on the table just above us, you know, and every time Will Barton checked in the game, he covered his hands in chalk and then held his hands over my computer and clapped right over it and gave me a smile every single time while it snowed yeah. white dust all over my computer. <laughs> but, so- you know. It's it's NBA rite of passage. Um, it, it was just it was great, man. Watching the guys in the timeout. Uh, Nikola Jokic came over and uh, Scott Hastings in the middle of the broadcast was like, "Hey, Joker, this is my friend Nate," and made him shake my hand uh, while we were on air. It was a thirty point game, so who cares? Uh, but that all went down, so that was great. That was Thursday against the Blazers. Portland had nobody; they were without their top four leading scorers, and the Nuggets killed them. And then I ended up doing uh, Saturday and Sunday against the Lakers and the Jazz from up in Section 260, which is phenomenal view of the court. Uh, it was great to call those games. Nuggets blew out the Lakers and then turned around and got blown out by the Jazz. And uh, as of now, Kaz is, is out of protocols, and my brief run as an NBA announcer is uh, over for now, I like to think. I mean, not only did you get to call these games, but then someone actually cared enough to ask you questions about it. So, I mean, you're having a wonderful couple <laughs> of weeks here. You know, it's fun. In the last, I think I'm, you know, six, seven, eight years older than you. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when you covered an NBA team, like I, I'm so old, I covered the Sonics. Yeah. You used to sit courtside every right. single game. Right. Like even as just some jabroni reporter such yeah. as myself. Yeah. And... For, for the people that are never going to get a chance to sit courtside, there's just nothing like it. It just changes the experience. It's, it's hockey, too. You know, baseball, you can sit back. You can sit in the upper deck behind home plate and get yeah. a feel for it. I think football is better at home. Man, NBA courtside, hearing everything, that's just a – had you ever done that? Had you sat courtside before? So I have, yes. Like, I, okay. I've, you know, again, I've, I've covered, like you said, Holden, I've covered the league long enough where, um, yeah, you used to be able to, with your press pass, go wherever the heck you wanted. If there was a seat open courtside, you just go and take it. You know, <laughs> like, that, was, that was what you used to be able to do. It used to be kind of Thunderdome. Uh, once you got inside the place, now there is a designated press area up in the corner. You are not to leave the designated press area. The rules are far more strict these days. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it it used to be very different. Um, but I had not, I had never been that close for you know this version for the for the Jokic version of the Nuggets and getting to watch Jokic and uh, Yusuf Nurkic battle. Uh, from from up close, man, it, it was just it was something to watch. They're they're just they're so damn big, they're so damn strong. You you get a real clear picture from from that spot of just how often Jokic gets hacked and does not get calls. The fact that that guy is 25th in the NBA in free throws attempted is it just it's a crime. Um, but yeah, it, fan, fantastic, just a super cool experience being right up in it on that Thursday night and. Uh, you know, some of my friends, you know, because the game was on TNT, they got good pictures of me and a serious yeah. announcer face directly behind Michael Malone. Yeah, well, I, I always say this. When I covered the Sonics in 1999, mm-hmm. my salary was $17,500. $17,500. <laughs> and I easily had $50,000 worth of courtside seats. Yep. I would have traded those courts. I would have sat outside of, of that place had I had an opportunity to actually Ooh. make some money. All right, so hold let's it, get into on. the game here. Hold huh? Four, real quick. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me who the last two Seattle Supersonics still in the NBA today are? Well, Durant is one of is them. Is one. I'm never going to get the other one. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, Denver Nuggets starting forward, Uncle Jeff Green. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeff Green. He is so old. He's so old. And he can still get up, man. Jeff Green. He's one of two. He's he's the other guy. Yep. Wow. Yep. 
Jeff Green wow. is the other one, and man, he can he can still move without the ball. He can, I know. He can still throw it down. He had back-to-back five dunk games uh, last week. You know, uh, Uncle Uncle Jeff has still got it, man. Didn't he go off in that Clippers game, if I remember correctly? My mind is not great, but I feel like he was just jumping out of the gym in that Clippers game. Here's a um, yeah. Here's a here's a random Jeff Green stat. It was the okay. it was the Blazers game and the Lakers game on Saturday night. He had two five dunk games. He had five dunks okay. in each of those games. His first one thousand and twelve games in the NBA, he had one total five dunk game, and then he did it in back to back nights for the Nuggets. All right. Well, this went down a rabbit hole. I was not expecting it to, but then again, that's what happens. What's your thoughts on Bryn Forbes? You like this deal? Get rid of Bull Bull, PJ Dozier, second round pick in like 17 years from now. What do you think of Forbes addition? Does it mean we get to see less of Austin Rivers? I I don't know if it's Austin Rivers or if it's Faku Composo that we will see less of as a result of Bryn Forbes being here. Um, I, I tell you this. It's, I think it's a great deal for Denver. They, they didn't give up anything, okay? They gave up Bull Bull and P.J. Dozier, neither of whom are going to play the rest of the year and are both free agents at the end of the season. So they didn't give up anything of note. And then they bring in Bryn Forbes, who is a excellent professional shooter. If you go back and look, because you won a title last year with Milwaukee, Bolden, mm-hmm. um, first-round series against Miami, he made 16 threes in that series in a four-game sweep. Um, Bryn Forbes can shoot it a little bit, and the Nuggets needed to add shooting in the worst way. Now, I don't know. You know, for now, I think he automatically goes into your bench rotation because you need to add that scoring. Um, and, and sure, he's, he's only 6'2", so you give up a little bit of size. And, you know, ideally, Denver gets a, you know, a 3 and D wing. They're, they're, those guys don't grow on trees, so... Bryn Forms was what was available. They needed shooting. They went and got him. They didn't give up anything of note. I think this is a smart deal on the part of the Nuggets. And, you know, this is a guy that I don't know if he's necessarily in your top eight in a playoff rotation, but he is he is an option for Michael Malone when he needs to get shooting on the floor. Well, I don't think they try to move Bull Bull two times and then ultimately end up with Bryn Forbes if they don't think some good news is coming sooner and later, right? Right. Because this is like, all right, we could just stay where we are. Dozier's hurt. Bowl is just never going to get it, but we'll hold on. Yeah. But now you make the move for Forbes. That, to me, at least makes me think they think that Porter's coming back for the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think too. they do as well. And I'll be really curious to see. Now, if he comes back early April, what kind of minutes are you giving him? Are you starting Porter or are you staying with Jeff Green in the starting lineup? I would probably not mess with my starting five, and I would still use Porter off the bench. Now, he, he can still get a lot of minutes. He can close out games, especially games when he's fresh and he's and he's hitting shots. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hopefully have Jamal Murray back, so that'll push Monte Morris to the bench. So if you're talking about an eight-man rotation in the postseason, potentially as much as a nine-man, you know, you're probably looking at, a starting five of, of Murray and Barton and Gordon and Jeff Green and Nikola Jokic, and then your bench is Michael Porter and Monte Morris and uh, Jamichael Green because you mm-hmm. need another forward. Um, you need another big body in the front court. And then after that, you've got options. Bones Highland. You've got uh, Bryn Forbes. You, you've got Faku if there's a night where it calls for it for his pestering kind of defense. So th- this definitely gives the Nuggets options, but also – this is a team, and especially, Holden, look at how well Bones Highland has played here of late. And, and I'm still not even sure that Bones uh, fits into a playoff rotation. That's how good this team can be. It really seems to change often when you look at this team. It's yeah. like one day they're not going to make the playoffs. Now they're making the playoffs. Now they make a trade. Now guys are coming back. Um, do the This line is at eight. I think it opened at seven. Yeah. Uh, the Holden Denver CityCast special is at plus 125 right now on Bet Rivers for the Nuggets to cover the six and a half and for Jokic to be the leading scorer. Um, not to talk specifically about that bet. What's your thoughts on the side in particular? Do they have enough tonight to just go out and beat this team that's anemic offensively yep. and beat them into the ground? Yeah, you, you're not going to blow a 25-point lead at home, or at least I'd really like to no. think you wouldn't blow a 25-point lead at home, um, especially... A, a, on a day when a big trade is made for a team, which, again, gave up nothing in terms of what they were using on the floor, 
I think the Nuggets get a little, uh, hey, front office believes in this bump. Uh, the Clippers are not good without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're, they're still hoping to get Kawhi back. Paul George, they just pushed the timeline back on him a little bit. Um, you've you got to be able to slow down Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe uh, in their backcourt, but I think the Nuggets are fully capable of doing that. Jokic can destroy Zubats inside. Serge Ibaka can barely move anymore. Like that, that was an atrocious loss last week i love denver tonight and i got it at seven and a half last night and and that's the number that i'm on yep six and a half and then if Jokic can lead the way in scoring you get a plus 125 um there was nothing between marcus morris and the Jokic brothers or nicola or anything else no there was better. uh there was just a what? cheap shot from marcus morris on austin rivers of all guys you're gonna stick a yeah. forearm in austin rivers throat come on dude but nothing at Jokic. Like, this thing is done. I didn't think anything would happen. Is it just completely done? It would be idiotic on the part of Marcus Morris to do anything. I mean, number one, just because Jokic is a bear. But also, number two, like, <laughs> Marcus Morris is, is actually, if you look at it, of late, is playing some of the best basketball of his career, at least offensively. Yeah. Because he, he can shoot. He can score. And the Clippers so desperately need any kind of front court scoring that they can get. Like, I mean, just think about that. If, if Marcus Morris was to do something stupid, okay, and get himself in the crosshairs of the NBA and get himself um, a suspension, that would be some of the most selfish BS that you would ever see out of a player. I just, Marcus Morris is a turd in a lot of ways, but I don't see him doing something like that and just screwing his team. Um, and, and pulling some cheap shot because of a personal vendetta against Nikola Jokic. Now, I could be totally wrong, and maybe he pulls some nonsense there tonight, but it, that would just be unprofessional. That would be being a bad teammate. Um, th that would leave a poor taste in a lot of people's mouth. Okay. Uh, last thing we got to get to, we've, we've talked for, what, 20, 15, 20 minutes? We mm -hmm. haven't even talked football yet. It is the playoffs. Uh, but – you know, last week I started handicapping it. I don't, I don't even think it's worth capping anymore. I think Dan Quinn is going to be announced the head coach next week, barring some massive unforeseen uh, – something happening where another team throws a ton of money at him before then. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on Quinn, your thoughts on the head coaching search here. Are you with me that this thing is a fait accompli, or are there other guys legitimately in the mix, in your opinion? I, I think Nathaniel Hackett is legitimately in the mix. Yeah, really. I, I do think that, that that is a guy that, uh, that that the Broncos are impressed by. He he's got an excellent resume, and and one of the things that I think jumps off the page about Nathaniel Hackett was he went to an AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. Mm -hmm. Chances are the Broncos are still going to be uh, average to bad at quarterback next season, given the options that are available, and, and unless it's Rodgers or Wilson or something like that, or suddenly 22 different women drop a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, which I don't see that happening. Um, so, so chances are the Broncos will be mediocre at quarterback next year. M maybe there's a, maybe there's a Kirk Cousins, maybe there's a Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that's like the high end of this thing, but most likely, heck, it could be Teddy Bridgewater back and they could draft somebody in the first round, but either way, Holden, like Nathaniel Hackett has shown I can win with with average quarterback play. I, th I think that that is something that jumps off the page a little bit. Like you said, I think that Dan Quinn is the favorite, but I think that Nathaniel Hackett is a candidate as well and, sh and certainly should be a candidate for this job. He's got a really good resume. Yeah, I want I want Dable too. It, honestly, if they name – that's my whole thing. That's I want Dable. I, I don't think Flores is getting interviewed. I don't understand why they're not talking with Dable. Um, I'm not a huge Dan Quinn guy. That being said, there are coaches that learn from their mistakes beforehand. Yes, they got to the Super Bowl, but boy, was he horrendous. Like Atlanta was just, that whole city was praying for him to get out of town. They kept him an extra year and he started off bad the next year. Yeah, Hackett seems to be, listen, Hackett comes from a winning program. Yep. He comes from some great offensive minds there. Seems to get along with the players, too. They uh, uh, they, they yeah. made it clear here, Holden. They, they want to run a West Coast offense, okay? They, they want to bring that back to Denver. Yep. You, you look at the candidates that they're talking to, it's pretty obvious. That was what Dan Quinn had with Kyle Shanahan when they went to a Super Bowl there in Atlanta. So that, that's why he is a part of this conversation. I think they're talking to a lot of guys that potentially could be an offensive coordinator here in Denver. Specifically, um, if, if you're looking to promote somebody, Luke Getze, the – 
Packers quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator mm -hmm. is a guy that could end up the offensive coordinator here in Denver, um, running running that Matt Lafleur system here in Denver. But uh, and I think that that's why uh, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo are very much on the radar because those are really kind of text textbook West Coast kind of quarterbacks. All right, last thing for you, the playoffs. Uh, for me, it's all about the Chiefs and the Bills, yep. and the NFL knows that. That's why they put it Sunday afternoon in the in the late window. That should be spectacular. Why don't you just pick one game to talk about, your, your thoughts. Bengals-Titans, Bengals plus three and a half. Niners-Packers, Packers six-point favorites at home. Bucks three-point favorites at home against the Rams. And Bills plus two at Kansas City. Which one do you want to pick and talk about? I love the Rams on the road. I really okay. do. I, I think that... I think L.A. is clicking right now, and I think that it shouldn't be underestimated the injuries that Tampa is dealing with right now on their offensive line. You, you've got to be healthy at the right time. To me, that's what the Rams are. They just got Cam Akers back. Um, Von Miller had one of his most effective games that we have seen in a Rams uniform against Arizona the other night. Aaron Donald is an absolute monster. Um, they've got a good secondary. Uh, I the Rams just, they got a lot of weapons. To me, they're the team that's getting right at the right time. Um, they're going to go up against the Tampa team that, look, this is this is tough. you got to go into their building. It's Tom Brady. It's everything like that. But I'm not going to underestimate those those injuries right there. Uh, the L.A. Rams are my upset special this weekend. Ooh, I'm buying into that defense, too. Yep. And, and especially if Werfs, if one of the two offensive linemen's out for Brady. Yep. Boy, that is going to be difficult. I don't know how Murphs is going to play. He he looked he, he, he couldn't move. He couldn't move. No, but I mean we've seen guys get shot up and stuff. But yep. yeah, they basically have to put like a robot leg on him. And then um, the other thing would be the three points there. I mean, every most quarterbacks besides for Joe Burrow stink against the blitz and under pressure. Yep. Brady really does get rattled. So I'm kind of leaning there with you. I've not placed the bet yet, but I do like what the Rams are doing. And Von Miller just looks super refreshed, yep. didn't he? He looked dominating. Yeah, mm. he does. That's uh, that, that's the game I'm on. Besides Bills Chiefs, which is just that's that's Josh Allen, that's Patrick Mahomes, that's that's football porn. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, rem I cannot wait. Um, so ultimately the show plays here. You took the nuggets minus seven and a half. Yep. I've got the under two thirteen. Mm -hmm. We got the Denver city cast special of Jokic to lead all scores and points plus the nuggets winning by six and a half or more. And I did give a detailed breakdown of New Mexico and Colorado state. You're Mr. Mount West there. Rams minus 16, totals 153 and a half. Hard pass on both for me. Mm -hmm. Since you see a lot of this, any thoughts on uh, the Rams and the Lobos? Lay the points, CSU. Wow. Do so cautiously, uh, but but the Rams can win this game by 25 points at home tonight. They, they really can. New Mexico is just on the okay. struggle bus right now. Uh, C CSU really, since they've come back from the COVID shutdown and the blowout against San Diego State, I don't even think they're playing their best basketball yet. And they still, I mean, they beat San Jose State on the road by 30 the other day. CSU is absolutely clicking. It is the best team in this league. They had a tough matchup at B.A. Haas Arena, but I love Colorado State tonight. It's a big old number, but I think they're winning big. Might be have, have to be a live betting opportunity then for me. 16 is so many points. It could be. Oh, I'll tell you what, too. Um, last night, Air Force plus 19. The, the listeners should know Air Force is going to consistently be a, a big underdog in a lot of these conference games, double-digit kind of underdog. They play tough, and they, they play for 40 minutes. and They're getting healthy, too? They're, they're getting healthy, and, and they yeah. just they never go away from their system. They never get rattled. They will just they will get two points here, two points there. They stick with what they do. Teams get frustrated after a while. You saw it with Boise last night. Um, it, it, Air Force in that big number last night. I was all over it against Boise. Air, Air Force as a, as a heavy underdog is is a pretty good bet. Love it. Plug your stuff there, Crackman. Then get out of here. Go have a good day. Uh, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, the Crackman and Lindahl show, 2 to 6 in the afternoon. And I'm on Twitter at Nate Crackman. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Wonderful talking to you, my friend. Uh, Ian St. Clair, play Colorado. We'll talk about some things going on with the Avs and uh, some Colorado betting as well. That's next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Denver City Cast continues. My man Ian St. Clair. Play Colorado. PlayColorado.com. So much going on. If you're not watching this and you're listening to the podcast, once again, Ian has a gorgeous Avs hoodie on. And guess what? Uh, tomorrow, I start really digging into Avs betting uh, with my buddy Mark Springer. And he's a local guy, works on the post-game show with the Avs, as a matter of fact, on Altitude. Since you are wearing a gorgeous hoodie today, Ian, first of all, hello. It is wonderful to see your smiling face again. And the other thing is, they're playing some pretty damn good hockey right now, my friend. Uh, they're scorching right now. They're, after a little bit of a a rough start to the season, they're, they're finally looking and playing like the favorite to win the Stanley Cup which is the case at Bet Rivers and most of the other 26 sports betting apps in Colorado right now. So it's it's an exciting time. I, I think they're on the verge of something special just based on the last three disappointing seasons. And I know you, you're a little more on the I've covered hockey end. teams. <laughs> so, but it, it, it's a fun time. And I, I think what's even better is, as we've said on previous episodes, we're about to finally be able to watch the Avs and the Nuggets with this, hopefully, this, this dispute with Cronky Sports and Comcast coming to an end. But it, it's an exciting time for the Avs right now, especially since the Broncos have been garbage for the last six years. And that hopefully that may change, but we'll see. But the Avs, man, just a fun team to watch. Well, it's fascinating because we have the Nuggets game on against the Clippers. That's on TNT. And then we got the ESPN Plus Avs thing. So you can actually watch both teams uh, without that. And and you're acting like it's a fait accompli, like it's going down. The Cronky and the the Xfinity, the Comcast side, they're going to get this thing together. I, I hope so. I'm not going to believe it till I see it, my friend. Yeah, I totally get that too. I, and it's probably not going to happen until after the Super Bowl. But at that point, I, I think – as the the great Andrew Brandt says on Twitter all the time, deadlines spur action. And you would think that a, a deadline three years ago would have spurred action, but I guess it's better late than never. So we'll see. And I totally get holding out until it actually happens. And that's my hope too. And, and that's also my thought with the Avs as the Stanley Cup favorite, finally getting over that semifinal round hurdle, getting to the conference finals. So the Avs are in the midst of their best 30-game uh, streak in the history of the franchise. And that's saying something, too. That's crazy. Especially the days of Sackick and everything. 49 points in 30, four, in 30 games. And they're 23-4-3. Remember that time at the beginning of the year when they really weren't playing good hockey? Yeah. And then you look at them right now. I hope they're not peaking. We got a big, We got a big break here coming up for the Olympics, too. What do you love about this team? What's your favorite part about this Avs team besides for the fact that they're winners? That two things. I, I like the fact that they have secondary scoring, which is one of the big reasons I think they lost to the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the second round last year is because Nazem Kadri was suspended for that hit in the first round against the St. Louis Blues. I think if you have Nazem Kadri throughout that entire series, it flips differently. I think they actually win that series because Mark Stone and his line aren't able to tee off against Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Having Kadri and that second line is vital to the success of the Avalanche. And then the second thing is the play of Darcy Kemper. Take the the total cheap shot by, by Greenway or whatever his name is from the wild out of the uh -huh. equation. It sounds like he's going to, that as we record this, Darcy Kemper is going to be on the ice with the potential to play in one of the few, one of the two games in California. So the play of Darcy Kemper, I think, is going to be what helps this team get over the hurdle. The key is defense. I think Samuel Girard and the secondary defense is the weak link on this team, as is the third and fourth lines. 
it needs to get consistent. It needs to be better. Anytime you see a team get back in to a game against the Avalanche, it's usually because the third or fourth line, and it's usually because of the secondary defense. Aside from Devon Taves and Kale McCarr, I'm talking about Samuel Gerrard. Yeah. Eric Johnson is the veteran, and hopefully he can keep up with Samuel Gerrard because I think I, the thing that I have in Samuel Gerrard is Tyson Berry, a very good offensive defenseman, but not a good defensive defenseman. And I think that's where it could come up and bite the ass in the butt in the playoffs. Interesting. So now I have two abs insiders. I'm very happy about that. Cause we'll be talking a lot more abs. Uh, of course, we'll have the coaching search being done with the Broncos soon. I don't know if the Rockies are ever going to play a game again. Uh, right now you can get the abs plus 500 to win it all and plus 165 to win the conference. And then yes, they have the game coming up tonight again against the ducks on the road. The total six and a half abs minus a goal and a half uh, minus one Oh six was at the puck line minus two sixty five in the money line. So uh, yeah, I'll just tell you right now. I've I've covered plenty of teams in the National Hockey League. To be to be perfectly honest, what was that? Three teams I've been around, um, and the Washington Capitals. This reminds me a lot of the Capitals. Now I hope it doesn't take. Well, how long was it? Almost like ten years for them to win the cup. Long time. But long time. That was the most talented team in the NHL for years. They had a three. They were the number one seed um, back at the at the start of their run. And they lost a three to one series lead to Montreal. And <laughs> yeah, that was the first time they just couldn't get to the conference finals either. It was amazing year after year, first round loss, second round loss to the point to where there was a lot of apathy about the team. You have, you know, hockey's interesting too. You got your little diehard group of usually 10 to 15,000 diehards, depending on the size of the city. All right, New York is New York is going to be gigantic. It's a it's a huge town, you know. A place like Denver, uh, it's a smaller market. So what do you get? 10, 15, die, 10, 15,000 diehard fans, and then people jump on the bandwagon. Well, it almost went reverse in Washington, where everybody was on the bandwagon. The longer it took, the less. And then it wasn't even their best team. People were ripping them. They were talking about firing the coach, fire this coach, fire that coach, and they made a run and won the Stanley Cup. All I can tell you, my friend, in the NHL, be patient. This team, this core is going to win a Stanley Cup. It just might take a while. Listen, if it's this year, great. But I've seen a, I've been around hockey teams very talented before. This is the most talented in the NHL, but it's not easy. And I wouldn't be surprised if it took them a while. Uh, I totally agree with that. And the I'm thing, sorry, of, too. <laughs> the thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs, as you know, it's, you need, you need some luck. It's not just about how good your team is, mm -hmm. you need luck. And you also need to have just a short memory. You need to be able to just move on and take whatever is given to you over the course of the playoffs and just stay even keeled. When I look back at the team of the, the last Avalanche team to win the Stanley Cup, which was the 2000, 2001 Avs that led to Ray Bork finally hoisting the Stanley Cup, in that second round against the Los Angeles Kings, they lose Peter Forsberg to a spleen injury. They didn't have him the last two rounds of that playoff run against St. Louis and then against New Jersey. And then against New Jersey, you not only have Peter Forsberg not on the ice, you actually lose game five at Pepsi Center, go back to New Jersey mm. with the ability, with the chance for Martin Brodeur and, the, and that very talented Larry Robinson coach Devils team to win the Stanley Cup at home. And then they win that game, come back and win game seven. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot about luck. It's it's a it's grit. It's determination and just having a short memory. And whatever happens on the ice, you don't get discouraged. And I think that's the one thing that the Avs have to have to learn how to do in the playoffs. Because when things happen, it it snowballs. It it turns into an avalanche. When things go against them, they tend to. To, to fall back and, and lose that momentum on the ice and, and teams take over. And that's what happened against Vegas a lot after the, after the game two win and they go back to Vegas, the remainder of that series, they just, they could not respond to whatever it was that Vegas did. And they're going to have to get over that to, if they want to clear that hurdle and get into the conference finals. How are you feeling about the goaltending situation? 
I feel better about Darcy Kemper. I think as mm-hmm. I think we talked about it to preview the season. I think he is going to be the the goalie who is able to get them over that hump. I think he is a, a goalie who can stand on his head and steal victories in the playoffs. I don't think that Philip Gru- Philip Gru- Grubauer, well, that's a tongue twister, was going to be that goalie. He was he's a very solid goaltender and he mm-hmm. he makes big saves, but I don't think he is that goalie who can stand on his head and steal a few victories, which is what you need in the playoffs. And I think Darcy Kemper can do that. Very interesting. All right, let's get into some other things that are going on right now. Uh, the Bet Rivers ended up giving me my uh, my little odd special here. Jokic, leading scorer tonight against the Clippers, and the Nuggets, minus six and a half. So they're favored at home here. They made a trade. They get Bryn Forbes to town. So that's interesting. Um, This Nuggets-Clippers game tonight, uh, I think it's going to be kind of tough for points going to be scored once again. I went through that at the top of the show. Uh, I like the addition of Bryn Forbes. You know, you can add add now a shooter to the bench, at least somebody that's going to uh, extend the floor a little bit. How are you feeling about the Nuggets right now? We've we've gone we've vacillated on this show. Maybe they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, maybe if they get Murray back, they can make a run in the playoffs. This to me was a trade signaling they want to keep the the ship afloat until they can get Murray and or Porter back. And the fact that they could get Porter back, I, mm-hmm. I think could be big because if you're able to get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, this is a team that can make a deep run into the playoffs and a dangerous team. Then you add a shooter off the bench. And, th- I mean, that's the thing that the Nuggets have needed for years is shooters. And now that you have one off the bench who, if Jamal Murray comes back and he turns into the blue arrow who can hit the key shots that Nuggets fans know he can hit, now if you add that off the bench, that's another scoring option that allows Michael Malone to rest Jamal Murray, to rest Nikola Jokic, because outside scoring is what's going to drive this team because it, it, it doesn't allow defenders to focus on Nikola Jokic. And that's what the Denver Nuggets need right now. And you need secondary scoring. So the fact that they are currently sitting in sixth place in the Western Conference with all the injuries, with all the health and safety protocols that they've had to go through the last couple of months is crazy to me. So if, if they can keep it afloat, if they can, if they can remain where they are now, if they can get Porter Jr. back and if they can get Jamal Murray back with a little bit of time and get into that fifth seed, maybe the fourth, I don't think they can win the division. I think Utah is going to end up winning the division. But if they can remain where they are, they're going to be a very dangerous team heading into the playoffs, as long as they can avoid that play-in game. Because that's that's just one thing. Anything can happen, and you never know what will. No, no question about it. All right, buddy. Uh, let's move on to the Broncos. We'll talk some NFL playoffs, too. And before we do that, though, I'm pro- I probably should have saved this for the end of the segment, just being a longtime Sports Talk radio host, but I'm going to do it right now. You're busy. I mean, you got Colorado. Listen, our market is awesome. Uh, people are picking up betting every single day. Very excited about it. Handle's nice to see. Uh, but as I told you, I think that New York is going to replace Las Vegas as the center of the betting world. And it looks as though... The early numbers, because what do you play NY, play New York? What's the what's the New York site here? They're, they just love the betting, man. They love it. PlayNY.com. And we got the yeah. first weekend of numbers. So it launched January 8th at mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Eastern time, so 7 uh, Mountain Time. Brought in $150 million. <laughs> Hold on, a weekend? In a weekend. And what did we do here? Like $600 million for uh, a month? It, a, a little less than 500. We have a top 500 okay. yet. So we're, okay. we're so on the cusp of doing that, but <laughs> 150 million in a weekend. I mean, I mean it's just, it's going to blow what New Jersey and Nevada have done out of the water. And New Jersey has been over a billion. There is no doubt yeah. in my mind. In a month, New York is going to top it. It is going to absolutely, it, it is going to blow away what New Jersey has done. And here's the very interesting aspect of it. We're talking about New York online sports betting. There's been a lot of talk that, well, what's going to be the impact on New Jersey? Well, based on geo-comply numbers from that first week and the first weekend, it hasn't done anything. So New Jersey is still going to be New Jersey, and New York (laughs) is going to be New York. So that's the fascinating aspect of all of this. And it's, 
it, it's I've covered New York for a couple of months now, and we've had these projections, but to see the numbers actually come in is crazy. I mean, again, we don't give a damn about New York out here. And honestly, I think <clears throat> Vegas is a cesspool, and I think New York is a cesspool. I can't stand either place, Ian. And uh, I just think, though, that you look at the emergence of betting out there, and it's just it, that's just the start. Like, I think we needed new york to get in the in the mix here because basically new yorkers think if it's not in new york it doesn't matter yeah and now that it is in new york i feel like the national media will start embracing this even more than they already have places like espn will actually start educating their their hosts like sarah spain came out and said well i had to fake it for a while with betting and now i actually have to learn like i think it's nice these, these media conglomerates are actually going to force the people that talk about betting to know about betting, and ultimately it's going to get more people involved in it, especially here in Colorado. I think there is a trail right here to Colorado. Absolutely, and there's two things. You mentioned what it could do to the rest of the country. It could potentially force California, Texas, and Florida to get on board because if, yeah. if any of those three states get on it, holy, I mean, my God. But the second thing, and I think I've told you this. I've been told by insiders across the industry who know it, who are out in Vegas, that think that Colorado can top Nevada. And that's just because of population. So I think we're on the verge of seeing Colorado top Nevada in terms of sports betting handle. Now, obviously, it could be a couple of years out because we're still getting into that, getting used to it, getting comfortable with it, finding out, is this really something that I should do? And I think that's the way to go. It, it's a, as, a, as I've said, it's a form of wager attainment, and it, it's going to get those. It's trying to get those those new bettors who have watched sports but haven't haven't done any sort of betting yet. It's getting those people into it, and I think that's why we, we're still seeing all the ads on TV, regardless of how you watch it, whether it's cable or satellite or streaming, uh, social media ads digital ads that's what they're trying to do they're trying to get those new bettors who are sports fans who haven't bet yet and if they can continue to dive into that never-ending pool it's not never-ending but a deep pool in colorado you're going to see that happen where colorado overtakes nevada oh for mobile just for mobile right and, and, and i've been told total handle how is that possible because people actually still go to sports books, you know? They do. That's what th that that's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. I can't believe it. Yeah, and I what will be interesting in terms of Nevada to go to from Nevada to from New York to Nevada if Nevada can get rid of this I don't want to call it idiotic, but this need of going to the sports book to sign up for the sports betting app if they're able to get rid of that, Nevada will take off. And then if they can in increase the betting catalog, that will help Nevada too. But that's a different topic for a different a different show. I'm, I'm sure Vizen has talked about that repeatedly in Nevada. But <laughs> yeah, again, I I cannot stand Las Vegas. I know Vizen is uh, based there. I can't stand New York. I know a lot of media conglomerates are based there. There's a reason why uh, Colorado is a wonderful place and we can bet here and we can do just about anything we want here. So Agreed. Uh, both places can go shove. And I, I honestly, the only other thing I would say is I wish we would get some books closer, a, a sports book or two closer to Denver. I mean, just driving out the Blackhawk is kind of a pain in the ass, especially in the wintertime. I, but it's not going to happen, is it? I, it, it, they, they will have to change state law because the only yeah. place that there's only three places that allow betting kiosks in the state and that's at casinos and Blackhawk Central City and Cripple Creek. So they would have to change the state law to allow betting kiosks. And it would be interesting to see if they did because there are three sports betting lounges or two betting sports betting lounges at Empower Field at Mile High for the Broncos. It'd be interesting to see if they could get kiosks or some sort of sports book up at whether it's Coors Field, Ball Arena, Empower Field, it'd be interesting. Or if they were able to get just a, a sports book at like a bar or something, mm -hmm. um, that would be fascinating. But they'd have to change state law. Okay, my friend, let's do some Broncos and then we'll do some NFL playoffs and then we'll get you out of here. You can go hang out with Cheech and Chong, the cats, and uh, and stay nice and comfy, cozy. Yeah, I was sitting here. I woke up today. It's, it's chilly here. What is it? In the 20s, we got a little bit of ice and stuff. I just, I have not turned my heat on all winter long. 
it's been a warm winter and then for some reason it just stays very very warm in my place and it's sitting here at 67 degrees what is ian st Clair's perfect temperature in his house and what does his wife force him to put it at so typically during the day we have the thermostat set at 70 but we have a three-floor house so it's going to be a little bit colder where i work in my man cave um so it's it's 70 during the day and then drops down we lower it to 66 for the night so it's it's a little bit cooler when you try to sleep which is what you want when you yeah. go to bed and sleep is it's for it to be a little bit cooler okay yeah I, I, it's, it's all about being in the 60s just give me the upper 60s and i'm going to be happy um i don't think the head coach of the broncos is going to be in his upper 60s when it's all said and done that was the best uh transition i could make here ian how about that so a bunch of young guys a bunch of young guys and dan quinn i personally don't think anything's changed since we talked the last time they except for the fact that they actually talked to dan quinn and in my estimation it would be a massive upset a massive upset if he wasn't named the head coach of the broncos next week where are you on this i totally agree with you i i think it's yeah. been in the writing it's been in the cards for the last week since we got word of who the candidates are going to be who george payton is going to interview and it's because of the connection that george payton has with dan quinn from their time with the miami dolphins so I would agree with you. I think it's going to be a big upset if it's not Dan Quinn. I would I would say the other favorite, and I've seen this from fans, whether it's at milehighreport.com and our massive community there, they like Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Packers. I wonder how much of that is the hope that if they hire Hackett, he'll bring Aaron Rodgers with him. I wonder if that's part of the thinking for Nathaniel Hackett. But I, I think it's going to be Dan Quinn. And then the thing that I will – that I'm looking forward to is who he brings in as his coordinators. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm kind of mixed on Quinn. Like I said, every time a coach is fired, there's obviously some massive reason for that. Um, and the fan base gets very frustrated with that head coach. And I've talked to a lot of Falcons fans and a couple of people that covered that team when they were there. And it was just like, uh, they just, they had, they kept blowing leads and it was a habit uh, at that point, not just a trend. It was a habit. They consistently did it. They wanted him out the year before he was fired, gets off to a slow start, and then he finally gets fired. So here's my hope with Quinn, if and when he is named. I just hope he learned a lot from that last job. The more you hear from a lot of the players, the players love him. He's a little bit hands off. They're going to need, they're going to need two things for him to succeed. Um, if and when he's here, a, they got to get a quarterback and B, they got to get the right offensive coordinator too. I mean, that, that, that to me, fine, get the head coach in place, but what are you doing at quarterback? What are you doing at offensive coordinator? So we can, you, you can celebrate all you want with Dan Quinn. Since that seems like it's a done deal to me and maybe even to you, the offensive coordinator is the one that's really going to pique my interest. Absolutely. And I hope it's Mike McDaniel. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if those watching or listening to this have seen the videos of him, that there's a mashup of his news conferences with the 49ers. He just, he's awesome. And I, the fact that he's tied to Kyle Shanahan, there's that connection. It's all about connections and who you know in the NFL when it comes to coaches. That's why you go with what's comfortable. So Dan Quinn worked with Kyle Shanahan with the Atlanta Falcons. I think he can dip back into that well and get Mike McDaniel to be his offensive coordinator, have him call the plays for the Denver Broncos, whoever the quarterback is. And then the interesting thing, I will throw this out. There's been a lot of consternation about what will the, Bar the Broncos defense look like now that Vic Fangio is not. And it looks like Ed Donatel is going to be gone. He's interviewing for the defensive coordinator job with the Seattle Seahawks now that they've moved on from Ken Norton Jr. Larry Zimmer is a name that I think should be the defensive coordinator. He was not, the first couple of years, he was good as the head coach for the Vikings. It's dropped off, but he, to me, he is on par with Vic Fangio as the, one of the two best defensive minds in the National Football League. Mike Zimmer? Is Mike, you yeah, Mike Zimmer. Yeah. I, I said Larry Zimmer. I was thinking about That's the, all right. No, the, no, no, no. The no former, Mike Zimmer. The former Broncos play-by-play -play guy for KOA. That, that, that's where that came from. <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Is, is the guy who I think Dan Quinn could potentially hire as defensive coordinator. 
Be interesting if he wants to take a step back down to a coordinator. He's not getting a head coaching job anytime soon. No. So that is kind of interesting you bring his name up. Uh, final thoughts here. Let's talk some playoffs. Uh, Bengals plus three and a half on the road at the Titans. We got the Niners plus six at the Packers. Rams plus three at the Bucks, And the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, this is this is the game de jour here. Plus two for the Bills. Pick out one game. Tell me what it is, and we'll talk about it. You want Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, Niners, Packers, or Bengals, Titans? I, I think all the games are interesting. I, the Bengals mm -hmm. are fascinating because... They have the offense. I don't know if they have the defense, especially with Derrick Henry coming back. I, I so I, I that that'll be a fun game, but I don't think that's the one. I the, the Buccaneers Rams is fascinating. I wonder how much of what we saw from the Rams was more the Cardinals and Tom Brady going against the Los Angeles Rams, who beat them earlier in the year. Now that Tom Brady is at home, that'll be fascinating. But the but the game of the week is definitely. Bills Chiefs and it, I think it's going to be it, it's going to be the I'm leaning towards Josh Allen and the Bills just because they've gone into Arrowhead now two times in the last two years for the AFC championship game and then earlier this year this is a team that can stop the Kansas City Chiefs they have the defense that can do it they can get the interior pressure that can rattle Patrick Mahomes and their offense I don't think the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo can stop this offense from the Buffalo Bills I think on a neutral field, well, I mean, listen, the, the books are telling us this. On a neutral field, the Bills would be favored because you usually give home field about three points. Heck, right. I wouldn't mind giving Arrowhead four points. That place is ridiculously loud. Uh, got heart palpitations on the sideline during a game there. It was so loud. I'm not even kidding you. My, my heart beat. Um, started skipping beats. It was just so loud. The body's rocking. I don't know how these opposing teams do it. That, to me, um, in, in a coin flip game, the home field advantage really does make a big difference to me. But if I tell you these are the two best teams in the NFL, would you be surprised? I mean, the Packers are right there. But for me, this is – I can't imagine a more entertaining playoff matchup basically out there. Maybe if we get the Packers-Bills or the Packers-Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But the, to me, there's just nothing like this. That With this game, the quarterbacks, the explosive offenses, and – I'll tell you this much. If Josh Allen plays like he did last week and he outperforms Patrick Mahomes, you are definitely going to hear a lot of people saying Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the National Football League. So a lot on the line here in this game. I totally agree with you. And I'm going to throw out one other thing. You mentioned the Packers and the 49ers. Mm -hmm. One thing to keep in mind, nobody wants to play the San Francisco 49ers for the way they run the football and the way they play defense. On Christmas Day, when the, when the Green Bay Packers played the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns rushed for 220 yards against that Packers defense. Kyle Shanahan is licking his lips facing this Packers run defense. The Packers defense is strong against the pass. I don't think it can stop this 49ers running attack with Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. Kyle Shanahan's 3-1 against the spread. You know, and, and if you're the Broncos and you're looking at a way to try and compete with a quarterback that is not going to be in the upper echelon, go look at what the Niners are doing, right? Build your defense up, get your front seven, go find someone as dominant as, as Bosa. I think they've got a couple dominant uh, pieces here on, on this side of the ball, too, in Denver. So that's what I've been saying. And last week I threw it out. Would you be comfortable with Garoppolo as, as your quarterback in any team? And overwhelmingly, everybody, it was like 78% said no. Come on, give me a break. It's an informal poll. But I wonder if people warm up to the prospect of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I do think it's a legitimate option here. Uh, would I feel great about it? No. But if Shanahan can figure out a way to get that offense and protect him and get that offense back to a Super Bowl, I think, boy, his stock, his, his draft, his stock is going to go through the roof. And that's why it would be interesting if they hire Mike McDaniel, who is his current mm -hmm. offensive coordinator with the 49ers. So they have that rapport and that connection. They'd be able to bring that over from Denver after potentially making a Super Bowl run, depending on what happens at Lambeau Field on Saturday night. All right, buddy. It's always good talking with you. Wonderful to see your smiling face again. Um, what else you got going on? Talk to me about Play Colorado. You mentioned Mile High Report, too. PlayColorado.com. We're continually just diving into 
the various promos from sports books, diving into Super Bowl betting with uh, fun stories that have really nothing to do with Super Bowl betting. Last week, you mentioned the top five Super Bowl performances in Broncos history. We did uh, matchups that we would like to see later in the week. So we'll continue to do that at playcolorado.com. And then Mile High Report just dives into the latest coaching news and what fans are thinking about the coaches and what is George Payton going to do. Love it, buddy. You take care of yourself. I want to thank you. I want to thank Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5. And I want to thank Bet Rivers for finally getting me my bet specials. Every Wednesday, we'll be having a Nuggets bet special. So that'll be great. Again, it's Jokic, leading scorer in the game. Nuggets to cover the 6.5 plus 125. If you go to Bet Rivers, the app, click on specials. It's got a little dollar sign there, and you can do that. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. And I'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.